episodes. Hello, guys. It's exciting. It's exciting. <laughs> hey, listener, are you there? Have you got your cup of tea or your earbuds on? We're starting the show. I'm actually, sorry about that. I just I got some sleep oh. last night, so I'm a bit chatty. More than normal, Lynn? Well, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Is that even possible? Right, it's a little different this week, mm. listener. I'll tell you why. Not everybody gets to know this, but you'll get to know it because you're our listener. Neil is a bit poorly. He's not yeah. very well. He's God very bless him. Yeah, are you, Neil? You're not very well, are you? Mm. You can. Mm. That's as far as we get. We get, we get one grunt. Yeah. Okay. So this introduction's going to be a little dodgy. And also, maybe there won't be much of Neil in this. Anyway, we're not going to give you the details of his illness, but safe to say... He's wearing a lot of different pants. It's not full enough yet. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, There's more than a grunt. That'll do. That'll do. All the words I couldn't manage. All right, ladies and gentlemen, listener, who could be a lady or a gentleman, if we're honest, welcome to this week's episode of Ferguson. Harrington. (laughs) Hawks. I'm uh, Lynn Ferguson. He's... I'm me. I'm not here. And I'm Chesney Hawks. Uh-huh. Uh, so there we go. This, uh, guess what? This episode's all about health. It's not... Chesney, what's this episode all about? Go tell. Be adorable. Well, this episode, uh, we've got a fabulous guest on today who's mm-hmm. actually friends with you and me, Lynn. I correct? love him. Yeah, I do. Uh, he is friends with both of us and also Mark. In fact, Mark was yes. a little bit miffed that he couldn't be involved in the podcast because he loves this guy so much. I know, I know. He's so wonderful, isn't he? He's, yes. uh, I've actually known this man for, gosh, uh, 32 years now. Wow. Yeah. But you're um, only 34, aren't you? I'm only 28. What are you talking about? (laughs) I'm like, how can you knew that when you knew him when you were an embryo? No, I love him, Uh, and he's got. I think he's got a brilliant quote this week, which is. uh, Do you have it there? I do. The quote is, uh, "Just do your best. That's all you can do." Uh, I know. We have a few notes here. Yeah. Um, Obviously, it's an inspirational, motivational quote. A positive affirmation. Yeah. Uh, oh dear, Mis- mischief agrees. <laughs> I hear your dog saying that it's a bo- <laughs> such best. Hey, can I ask you a question before you tell me all this brainy yeah. stuff? Hey, did Neil give you that? Did Neil give you the uh, the brainy stuff? Yeah, did he? Yeah, did yeah, he, he did. Before? I'm literally I'm looking at Neil's uh, brainy stuff in front of me. Yeah. I'm going to read some of it. Or some of it, not all of it. I mean, I could read it all, but we are could be here all... Are you ADD? You're not ADD. Are no, I'm not, oh, but I believe Neil is. Oh, do you believe Neil is? Right, <laughs> Neil is. <laughs> yeah. So he's laughing. He's laughing. Oh my god! I don't know whether that's him laughing or whether he's just uh, panting as he goes to the bathroom. Right, go. Well, first of all, um, what, what do you think about that uh, quote, Lynn? Before just we go into bed. the brain oh stuff. Oh my god, I love it. I really, I do love it because I feel like the pressure to be um, better. All the time is a killer. That's. I had a discussion actually with a friend of mine. Actually, you know her, Miata, who deals with money, and mm-hmm. also, and we were talking about. Uh, she she uh, listener. She deals with people who um, want to sort out finances, right? Uh, mischief is. I'm, I'm going to shut the door because <laughs> otherwise, it's mischief is going to just butt in every take five seconds. Sorry, guys. All right, okay. No, anyway, so the, back to the quote, right? Uh, I was talking with my friend Miata, who helps people with money, and I met her 
because she works with uh, artists, creative people, helping them to not be afraid of money. Mm. And we got into this discussion about um, how uh, people get into debt. And I said, well, you know, if if we didn't have the idea of we have to be better than mm. somebody, then mm. I bet you the whole debt issue would pretty much disappear. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Not all of it, because a lot of it is that some people just don't earn money or can't earn money or have got, like, circumstances are really difficult. But the thing of credit card debt, when people spend more than they can possibly afford, is this desire to make something the best, to make Christmas the best. Oh, I see what you mean, yeah. Yeah, that it's this thing of that they in themselves are not good enough. Well, we all have that critical nature, don't we? That little, the chatty friend, you call it. And it's, the, it's, it's all about yeah. that. We beat ourselves up. It's like, And then we give ourselves like an internal debrief, don't we? Like oh, yeah. of, of what happened, you know, like I could have done better. <laughs> and I, I wish I'd have done more. Yeah. Um, why didn't I uh, learn more when I was a kid? Why am I not yeah. like blah, blah, blah? Yeah. Why didn't I practice more at that particular thing or... Yeah, and if yeah. I'd have done this, then I would then I'd be better. Yeah, but the, yeah. this thing of just do the best you can—that's all you can do. It lets people off the hook. It says what other people think of you isn't really your business, mm. and that actually um, it puts the power back into your into your absolutely. hands, doesn't it? Yeah, you're challenging yourself in life. You're not there for the approval of others, and and yes. actually, and also that does come back to money, which is a lot of people believe that um, how successful they are or how worthy they are is um, measurable by the number in their bank balance, mm. right? And it isn't really, that true for really, so many really people? Isn't. Yeah, for all of us, you know, to a degree. Yeah. Apart from me, when I started, you know, start getting chickens and then that changes your life. <laughs> You're like, well, I've got chickens, I don't care. I love yeah. your changing of nouns. Yeah. You just, <laughs> just change pounds or dollars to chickens, to chickens yeah. you're going to be fine. And then you're like, oh, my God, I'm 150 chickens short. You're like, <laughs> OK, you are? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. Anyway, sorry, so, I interrupted. Tell me your things. Well, there's some variations on, on this quote, too, which mm. the lovely Neil has uh, provided oh, here. Oh, poor Neil. Um, how many so, pairs of pants do you think he's on? Yeah, no. don't throw them at me. Um, so. <laughs> Keep your pants on, mate. Bastards. Sharp, trying not to laugh. I'm oh, dear, I'm in the dark room. <laughs> So, so here we go. So, little variations on the on the on the same theme of this quote. So, do the best you can with what you can while you can, and success is inevitable. And I guess that means like success in your own terms, isn't it? Yeah. Really. Well, well yeah. What is success? How oh, do I you mean, measure it? Yeah, we've been through that. I mean, I I now measure success um, in happiness, in just how happy I am day to day. Yeah. You know, I mean, it used to be. Um, I guess like hit records or, <laughs> you know, how, you know how, how many radio plays I had and stuff like that, but or how much money you got, yeah. yeah. Um, how many people fancy you? Yeah. That's all. <laughs> you were always a success at that, Chase, and you always. <laughs> well, I don't know if our listener fancies me, but I think oh, I think our I'm listener sure. fancies you. Really? Yeah, no, I've heard. No. I've heard that. Yeah. I think our listener might feel a little sorry for me. I do, and I also <laughs> what I because you have to hang out with me? <laughs> no, no, it's because I've got Neil, this weird. Sorry, we, no, forgot you were here. <laughs> oh yeah, nobody's. They won't feel sorry for me today. They'll feel sorry for Neil and his yes. laundry, right? 
jeez. No. <laughs> oh, I suspect our listener may feel a bit sorry for me, and even though they're listening, they may wish that I would shut up sometimes, and I would agree with them on that. Oh, I, I would never want you to shut up. Really? I, no, I, absolutely, absolutely. But um, so let, let me give you a couple more of these variations. I think they're quite interesting, actually. Um, uh, this is a good one. Do do your best when no one's looking, and if you do that, then you can be successful at anything. Oh. Hey, you know, I have a variation of that, right? Yeah. Which is that when you know there are times in my life where I've, I've felt and I do feel powerless, particularly the way that the world is. Like the world can feel really overwhelming. And uh, so, you know, you get that some days you get up and you're just like, oh man, I'm, I feel like overwhelmed oh, by yeah. all. Oh, I had one of those mornings today, actually. Are you really? Yeah. God, you hide it well. <laughs> well, you know what I do on those days to distract myself is I try and do at least one, preferably two things, uh, good things for other people and not let them know, right? Oh. So that maybe if I am wondering about uh, doing work or something and I get a connection with someone and I think, God, you know, they would be a really good connection for them. I'll, like, connect them both. Mm. Or I'll try and, like, I'll take the neighbours some eggs or something like that. Mm. Like, just something to remind me that I do have some power and the way Mm. to do it is to do something good for someone else without expecting anything back. That is brilliant. Lynn, I'm going to adopt that. I love yeah. that. Yeah, it really but, helps. It honestly, yeah, really I, I helps. can, I can see that, and I think I probably do that naturally anyway. Um, yeah, because um, you know, like I had a nice, nice chat with my neighbour who was all upset because there's a construction next to her house, and yeah. you know, and I think she left me feeling a little better. <laughs> yeah. than, than when she got to me, you know. Um, but she did. I, I call it like she, she was just like moaning, and, and like, you know, I, we call it, in our house we call that holding the trash. <laughs> so like, look, can you hold the trash for me? I just need yeah. to vent, you know? I just need to get it out. I'm like, yeah, sure, I'm here. Well, I'll like hold that. the trash for you. <laughs> I expect in so. Neil's house at the moment, holding the trash means an entirely different thing. Ooh, do you know what I'm saying? I do. I do. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Poor Karen. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, lovely listener, it is time for us to go on to the meat Rather than the potatoes, we vegetables here are uh, going to make way for uh, our guest. The steak. <laughs> who I think is entering into the waiting room at this very minute. Woo-hoo! Very exciting. <laughs> hello. Oh, oh my oh. God! Hello! Hello! How are we? It's going to be a friendly fest. It totally is. We need to remember to try and do actual podcast stuff for our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can hear myself on echo. Can oh, you've got it, headphones. It's mate. because I've got not got headphones in. We would oh, love it if you had headphones. Get your headphones in. I can do it on the. Look at you, you devilishly attractive man. <laughs> Hold on. Do you know what I'll do? Let me just run and get other ones. Okay. I was going to put my little pods in, but... Chesney has the pods, but I have the big Lionel Richies. <laughs> <laughs> we are the world. <laughs> Dancing on the ceiling. <laughs> All right, Angel. <clears throat> there we are. Okay, our guest today, oh, Lynn. I know. Do you know, can I have to tell you, listener, right... <laughs> That uh, normally, Mark... I hope you're not going to say what I think you're going to say. <laughs> That's all I am going to say. You haven't been introduced yet. If it involves a test, then what? I'm not... 
no, oh, no, 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 <laughs> not, that, come, not at this come. point, not at this point, <laughs> Mr. King. No, um, what's I going to say? No, normally, right, Mark, other half, Mark, doesn't really want involved in the podcast. He's like, away and do your podcasty things. I've got bees to look after and stuff like that. We've got bees right now. Bees and chickens and worms, just so you know. That's what the <laughs> pandemic did for us. Is the worms I was concerned about? I, I, is, that, is this a personal worms. problem? No, 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 not internal worms. Oh, right. Oh, I thought worm, we were sharing very worm, early. No, no. We haven't even introduced <laughs> you yet, right? Exactly. Um, but we're having that kind of podcast, Chesney. It's the deconstructed podcast where we hadn't, we didn't even introduce ourselves before I started chatting. Right? I was it's like, all gone horribly wrong. Neil's, it has, Neil's gone right? in the background and we're like, yeah. what are we doing? What's yeah. happening? <laughs> Uh, Why are we anyway, it? What I'm saying is normally Mark wants nothing to do with the podcast. He's like, away and go and talk and give me, you know, an hour of peace. And then he heard that you were the guest and he was like, I want to do it too. I haven't seen him in ages. <laughs> I love him. <laughs> love right. you too, Mark. No. So let's introduce our fabulous guest, listener. Our guest today <laughs> is four-time News Emmy and multi-award winning TV star, best-selling novelist, <laughs> film and stage actor, TV presenter and all-round king of LA. So handsome, he outshines most of his celebrity mates, apart from of course. <laughs> <laughs> Ross King MBE. <laughs> oh my goodness me! Ah, that—that's the best introduction I've ever had today. But no, that's, that's... listen, Ross, Ross, I'll take that. I'll take that because you have been introduced quite a few times. I would presume uh, in, in your life. I, I always remember, fun enough, you know, when you introduce someone, and I'm not going to say who this is, but I was about to introduce a big star on a stage in London, and. It's only ever happened to me once in my whole life, mm. and I'd forgotten the person's name. Oh, gosh. Oh. And so I said, I said the classic, ladies and gentlemen, will you welcome, please, someone who really does <laughs> need no introduction. <laughs> <laughs> and they came up, and after it, they came up to me and said, that, that's the loveliest introduction I've ever had. Oh my god! <laughs> and that's the that's the truth. And the, and the other the other one that my favourite is, I was in Scotland, and I said, as a kid, I was taught the bigger the star, the shorter the introduction. Lulu. <laughs> oh, Lulu's been involved in our podcast and this season oh. a few times, hasn't she? You know, my mother used to accuse me of talking like Lulu. Right? <laughs> 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 no, and I bet you've had this Ross King mm -hmm. as well, right? Which yes. is. I guess in like the 80s or something like that, Lulu would come on Parkinson, like these things, and she would speak in a Scottish accent, but with an American twang. And That's in right, my yeah. house, that was the greatest offence. They're like, make <laughs> oh, up yeah. your mind. <laughs> the funniest thing about Lulu, and, and actually, I mean, this sounds like clang drop a name, but she has become a really good friend. But the first time I met her, and I had to explain to her that I thought she hated me because the first thing when I introduced her was a show called Pebble Mill, and she came on and I said, I said, Lulu, I just want to ask you this, and I've always wanted to ask you this. When you get up in a cold morning and go and try and start your car, does it go, wait? <laughs> <laughs> and she gave me that look, you know, and it was a very Glasgow look of like, yeah. see you. <laughs> I'm not happy. When I would go back to uh, Scotland after when I lived in London, my mother would accuse me of talking like Lulu. 
And then when I moved, yeah, right. She'd be like, who talked like Lulu? Have you ever been accused, Ross King, of talking like Lulu? No, I tell you, the, the only thing that I was ever accused of was there was a, a guy, uh, a couple who became good friends of mine, and they were at the house one night, and they were talking about, and I worked on KTLA here in Los Angeles for about six years, and they said, oh, you know, when you started at first, we couldn't understand a word you'd said. And I, mm. I sort of have sort of prided myself on the fact that throughout my whole life, and my dad sounded exactly the way that I sound, so my accent is very like my dad's, both from Glasgow. And so... I've always prided myself on the fact that no one's had to say, sorry, what did you say? I didn't understand that. <laughs> yeah. And he did this whole thing to uh, my then girlfriend, like, oh, we didn't understand. So we got out DVDs of me the very first time that I'd ever been on KTLA and, like, the last time, exactly the same. And I think sometimes there is a thing where people love to say, that, you know, especially, again, you get it if you go back home to Glasgow, oh, oh yeah. you've changed. You're Hollywood whatever. now, aren't you? You're yeah, Hollywood Mr. or whatever. Hollywood. Yeah. And it's, and it's weird that, that Charlie, who was my first wife, who's got a beautiful kind of Mary Poppins accent, and we were here three weeks, and she would say, are we going to a party? on Saturday and I was like no and the weirdest thing is now she's this incredibly successful wedding planner and event planner and she's even more like Mary Poppins than ever before because she realises that you know it's a it's a plus to have an accent I was the lead at this play at the National Theatre we're in. Mm. I know, right? Bow curtsy. I'm throwing my pants at you as oh, you we are. speak. Well, as long <laughs> as it's a regular occurrence Neil, on this show. We don't want Neil throwing his pants in, no, at anybody right today. Now, you know what? Sure. <laughs> not with his tummy. No. As long as Neil... I'll take anybody's pants, but not Neil's. Okay. Anyway, there was a part um, in the play where it was kind of interactive and this guy in the audience shouted out, he went, I can't understand you. I can't understand you. Right? And I said, I turned and I said to him, because I forgot that I was at the National and meant to not say anything. Uh, and I turned and I just said to him naturally, well, I can understand you, so one of us must be stupid. Right? <laughs> and, right? <laughs> Which is what I say when people can't understand me. And you know what's remarkable is that even when they can't understand you, they seem to be able to understand that sentence. I don't really understand. Oh, yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, there's uh, some irony to that. Yeah, I think oh, there is yeah. a thing about, um, you know, I don't know whether it's a, a Scottish thing or whatever, but there there does seem to be a thing about Scottish people not being uh, clear. And in certain parts of Scotland, mm. it's mm. true, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But there is a prejudice sometimes. You, sometimes there is. remarkably, though, well, not <laughs> remarkably, I think it's because you're all, you know, oozing charm and loveliness. <laughs> That you have like transcended all of what is expected for a, a, a like a Scot. When I met oh. you, I think you were a DJ at Radio Clyde, were you not? Yeah, yeah. But, like you have um, done amazing things, and you oh. are sort of Mister Hollywood. The other thing that's not in the introduction, and I don't know that everybody knows about you unless they know you, is oh. that you're incredibly kind. Mm. I like mm. You are incredibly so kind. Yes. Uh, like Mark and I have a theme as well, or our little, our little thing, which is if Ross King doesn't like you, <laughs> you're probably not likable. <laughs> <laughs> I love the fact you cleaned that up. Yes, yeah, like, it wasn't. It was a bit of a. <laughs> is what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If Ross King if doesn't like you, you must be. A <laughs> yeah, no. If, if Ross King says you're a bit, there you're that, right? But it's true. Oh. When we came, like whenever That's we brilliant. see. 
whenever we when we arrived in LA and uh, we'd go to the parties at the consulate or big fancy parties mm. or whatever, <laughs> you're always there. Ross would be there, like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it's like <laughs> the, uh, like this face where you're like, come on in, come in. Yeah, well, exactly. We say I'm the waiter. That's the thing. <laughs> Wait, would you I'm like actually a drink, staff. Ma'am. Yes, exactly. <laughs> no, you're totally not. Would you like rem- a sausage roll? <laughs> <laughs> I remember actually after a particularly horrible gig at um, this hotel that I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> Afterwards, you were like that. Don't worry about it. They're all <laughs> right. It was like you were just totally. Um, You've outed him now. Yeah. Well, I'll bleep that. Don't worry yeah. about it. They're all I think, idiots. Exactly. I think it's because Ross. Um, he just does his best, and that's all he can do. There we go. Oh, right. my mother's expression. Right, as you know, listener. We ask our guests to give us uh, a quote that means something to them or something in a way they live their life. Or, um, and so Ross um, has given us this quote, which is, just do your best, that's all you can do. So tell us a little bit about that, Ross. Why, why did you... So it's my us? mother's, and oh. she always said it to me. And the weirdest thing was, I think I got to, I'm going to say probably like 22 or 23 before I realised what it really meant. So, you know, you know you're know, you a kid in Glasgow, you're off to play football, your mum would say, oh, just do your best, son, that's all you can do. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'd be, yeah, of course, Mum. Even as I'm doing it, I'm turning back to the door of the house, 66 whole house driving nights, we're turning back going, yeah, Mum, and then getting out and going, well, of course I'm going to do my best. Why would I not do my best? Right. Mm-hmm. And then I realised that to do your best, then... Once you've really done, and you've done everything to do your best, there's nothing more you can do. So if it doesn't go well, it's funny, like you're talking there about um, things not going well in, is that if you do your best, there's nothing more you can do. And so I think, especially when I came to America, if you go for an audition and you come out of it and you go, I did my best. Well, there is nothing else you can do. So if you didn't get chosen, or again at football, if we lost, but I did my best... Then that was it. So you could you, you could, could be, proud be of happy. Yourself. You could be well, yeah, yeah, or just be happy within yourself. That mm-hmm. was it. Yeah. But it's all the things that it takes to make you do your best. So I think with the football thing, I just imagine on the day I would do my best. But if I hadn't been training, or I hadn't you know been eating properly, or you know sleeping, etc., 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 all the things that you chuck in. So again, it's like if you're doing an interview, mm-hmm. you know, or if you're doing a play or a musical, or you're singing, or you're warming up, or you're not warming. All the things that you can do to mm. make you do your best and once you realize that and once you do it and you go that's it i can't do any better than that and also if you don't get a part here or you know in any edition well you go i can't do anymore i've yeah. done my best and that's it and i think it's it's a little bit like a shakespearean you know to the, uh was it shakespeare to or was it rabbi burn to thine own self be true that takes away a lot of shame I yeah exactly does, right? perfect yeah do you know, exactly. uh, this is totally off topic and I'm sorry for doing it, but except it's not <laughs> off topic, which is when you were talking about football there, right, mm-hmm, playing football, because mm-hmm. obviously I, I know how much you love football. But I remembered a story <clears throat> that you told me, which is you <laughs> played football with Bob Marley, didn't you? you oh, that's right, Bob. when you were I a did. kid. I remember that I story. Did. Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, So I was a kid at local radio, Radio Clyde in Glasgow, and someone said um, Bob Marley was in town. I went to the concert, which was unbelievable. Uh, I disgraced myself. I think I would have been, I would have been 15 or 16. Yeah, probably 16 working at Radio Clyde as the Saturday boy and then working on the sports show. And then um, they said, um, 
got and uh, interviewed Bob. So the night before I'd been to the concert, came out, disgraced myself because I thought it was really, it was the first concert I'd ever been to. So the, the the wonderful old Glasgow Apollo, and I come out and the whole place is bum 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 bum. The whole place is rocking, and I come out and I go, what's that? And I, without a word of a lie, Lynn, I said, is that patchouli oil? Disgrace myself. Next day, go go up and see if you get an interview with Bob Marley. He was staying at the Beacons Hotel. Mm. Do you remember the Beacons Hotel? Then up, it was up on like Park Circus, up that oh, sort of God, up yeah, the, that I nice do. wee place. That so I get up there and I've got my tape machine over my shoulder and got my wee microphone. Sixteen, sixteen. Okay. Oh my god! So I'm getting up there and I'm going along the street and I'm going, all oh right, okay, here it is. And then I walk along and then as I'm walking along, there's guys in the street playing football and this ball rolled towards me. So having been a wee bit of a footballer, I sort of flicked it up and then kicked it More back to them. And as I kicked it back to them, I looked up. It was Bob Marley. No way! <laughs> That's it amazing. was Bob Marley. No and then wow. Bob then said, so I joined in. We, we kick about in the street in Glasgow <laughs> with Bob Marley. You threw your tape machine away, like, right. Let's throw, yeah, exactly. Who cares about the interview? <laughs> let's, uh, let's do that. So, yeah, yeah. And then, then very, very quickly on a, on a footballing one, this is, and again, we, we will translate for you, Chesney. There was a, <laughs> okay. a game. So I'm trying to be a, a footballer and to play for Partick Thistle. Party yeah. Thistle nil, give them their full title if they know the old gags. <laughs> and, um, and I'm playing in this game. And there's only a few hundred people there. It's a horrible wet night in Glasgow. Um, you can imagine up Mary Hill, rain's teeming down, horrendous. Last minute, we get a penalty. I go, Billy Big Bollocks, I'll take the penalty. Give the ball to me. Give the ball to me. I'm thinking, this is it. I'm going to smash it in. This is it. Perfect. I put the ball down. And as I run up, I slip. And I, but as I slip, I'm so Billy Big Bollocks that I know that what I can do is I can knock it that way because the goalkeeper sees me slipping. I'm going to hit it that way. So as I slip, I go bang and hit the ball that way. In my head, it went bang and the ball went that way. The ball rolled slowly. Oh so God. slowly that nobody moved. And the goalkeeper <laughs> kind of looked down and almost apologetically picked the ball up. <laughs> and every, there was this silence and in this absolute silence and about whatever three four hundred people watching out of the crowd shouted oh rossi i could have hit it harder with a semi so we don't we don't need to explain a semi to you chesney no no i, I think i get that one yeah okay yeah, right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but do you but do you know the let's let's just well we can speak full and frankly here. Yes. Do you know what the Scottish word is for a full erection? <clears throat> do you know the stages? Do you know the three stages? Oh. Do you know the three, three stages? stages of erections? Yes, for what? for in Scotland, yeah. The first one is it's a rubbery. <laughs> 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 then it becomes a semi, and then it becomes a stoner. Oh, I forgot about honours. Uh, right. wow. I mean, not that I ever knew. <laughs> <laughs> You also met Charlie Chaplin when you were young, Did didn't you? Oh, God, yeah. Um, Do you think that meeting people like that when you were young has meant that um, you're able to interview celebrities and talk to celebrities without it being like, oh, my God? Wow. That's mm. such a brilliant question, which I have never, ever, ever been asked before. Have you not? Uh, okay. Never. Okay. And that's a really good 
Yeah. And it's funny that I think about it. There's weird things in my life that I never really equated to what I do now. Mm. And it was funny, you know, when people say, you know, when you were a kid, what do you want to do? So I, all I wanted to do was was play football. But mm-hmm. I loved singing and I loved sort of, you know, larking around and doing impressions of the teachers and all that sort of <laughs> stuff. Mm. And I remember that football seemed a way ahead, especially for mum and dad, because I just came from a council house in Glasgow. So mum and dad were very much like, yeah, the football's going well. And then you could be a PE teacher. So it could be a PE teacher right. and a part-time footballer, you know, semi-professional. And that seemed like a good way to go. And then I remember, because I'd sing at weddings and things like that. And I remember saying to dad, I want to be in, I think I want to be in show business. <laughs> so dad said, and without order of light, dad said, we don't know Coco the Clown. We don't know how, <laughs> we don't know how to go about you know, we yeah. will support you. We're we're happy for you, but we just don't know which way to go. So, anyway, weird thing is looking back. So, my dad was in the Salvation Army, and he would he would always be on stage at the Salvation. You know, on the platform, mm-hmm. and he would he would do jokes if he was doing like a sermon. But he'd put jokes in it, like religious jokes that were really yeah. funny. And he would, and I, I thought he did that. And then Uncle Walter. And Uncle Norman, Uncle Bill were all like music hall DJs as well. Wow. And we'd do the the dances, you know, at the Barrowland and things like yeah. that. So it was really weird that all you were the surrounded things, by it. I was surrounded by it. My mum played the piano. You know, people <laughs> come to the house, you know, everyone again, Lynn knows this well. And I d I don't know if it well, Chess, look at the house that you grew up in. Well, just, I was gonna say it's very similar kind of thing. I was surrounded by it. So it wasn't weird for me when, no. when fame came along. It was like, oh yeah, it's normal. You've got all these people, and you had all these people there, so it was natural to get up. And in, yeah. and in Glasgow, it was always do your party piece, wasn't it? If you went yeah. to any kind of party, it was like, yeah. come on, get up, come on, come on. And I'd be saying, long-haired lover from Liverpool <laughs> <laughs> in my little purple cord suit, because that was Donnie's favourite, not Jimmy's favourite colour, but it was Donnie's. Um, so, yeah, so it was really weird that later in life then I went, oh, that was it, and because of... Mum playing the piano and dad. Dad was very uh, musical as well. Played the euphonium, uh, yeah. played all lots of brass instruments. Sadly, none of it got passed on to me, as you, <laughs> as you know, Jess. <laughs> the musical talent then deserted me. But it, it was so interesting that all these things all come together. And I think Johnny Carson, who was the most amazing chat show host here, always said, whatever skills you learn, or even it's like whatever joke you hear and you make a note of it, um, it, it goes in. And it's really funny. And it, it even like the other day I'd heard a joke and I thought, that's quite good. I'm going to change that. And and you, you lock it in. And then just last night we were talking about, um, I said, like, I think I've got, I'm getting a form of Scottish dementia, which is I'm forgetting everything except the grudges. <laughs> I have that. <laughs> so isn't it? But you know, I'd heard that you know joke like a couple of days ago, and then immediately, and it was actually somebody said it about Irish person. I went, mm. well, actually, it works for Scottish people. You know that whole thing, and it's yeah. weird. You just go, we're little sponges yeah, process of yeah. osmosis. So there we are. But I guess it's you know what Lynn was saying is true. If you if you'd met Charlie Chaplin and Bob Marley by the time you were 15, 16 years old, <laughs> you know. <laughs> When when you came to doing you know the job that you do now, where you interview yeah. Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt and Angelina <laughs> Jolie, yeah, it's just like so downhill, day, isn't it? <laughs> Maybe that moment as well of your mum going, "Hello, Charlie." Right. Hello, Charlie. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, hello, Charlie. That's a good point, Lynn. Yeah, but, um, she yeah. showed you like not it, the there's a a lovely thing about um, I guess it's in in Britishness, but certainly in Scottishness, which is the uh, Scottish people tend to and can completely ignore 
the obvious in order mm. for a decent chat. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, they're just more like, okay, oh yes, I know they're famous, but really, is this bus coming in time? Do you know about yeah. it? Right, they yeah. don't, they'll go straight to it. It's so true. I, I just say, just pick it up on that. The On my, my Twitter and my Insta handle is... Uh, the Ross, at the Ross King and it's not somebody said oh the Ross King and I said no it's at the Ross King because I was in a, a lift in Glasgow years ago and I got in and there was an older couple got in and they turned them oh. and came, gave me a wee knowing nod and so I have this terrible thing people if somebody says I know you from somewhere and I always say do you watch a lot of porn that's, that's <laughs> I always say, oh, maybe we went to school together. <laughs> oh, that reminds me of another bad story in a second. Um, but um, so then the woman... Do you watch went, a lot mm. of porn? Might have to use that one. <laughs> it's good. You need to recognise me without the tash. Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> and the soft, and the soft sacks. <laughs> I had a small part in it. And, um, <laughs> what are you saying, <laughs> Excuse me. And um, so the, this woman, and she went to her husband, she went, look, it's the Ross King. The Ross King, <laughs> and I and I was like laughing. The Asda. Exactly, yeah. I, it's the Ross King, and I said, "It's okay. I'm not on the television." I said, "I can hear you, and I can speak to you." And he went, "I swear, it's, it's the Ross King." And they kept in an, a lift. They continued with this conversation as if I wasn't there, but referred to me as the Ross the King. Ross King. Oh, so that was it. And very quickly on you on your the the school thing. Yeah. In, in Heinland, uh, there's a little, uh, lovely little uh, restaurant bar place. And I was there, this is probably about three years ago. And I'm standing there and this woman, elderly woman across the bar, looks across at me and she kind of gave me that nod. And I was like, yeah. And then she started walking towards me and she went, Ross King. And I went, <laughs> again, guilty, watch a lot of porn, blah, 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 blah. And then she went, now, Victoria Drive Secondary. And that was the school that I went to. Oh. With, with, with the most un, unfortunate initials. Imagine going to school, Victoria Drive. You do not want to have those initials on your blazer. But I did. Anyway. anyway so, so I said, oh, I said, oh, Miss, uh, Miss, oh, what was it you taught again? And she said, I was in your class. Oh, my oh, God. No, Ross. Oh, my God. That's worse than saying, when's the baby due? Oh yeah, uh, there's no, there's no comeback. There is no comeback. There's come no, there's nothing. No. I'm just no. like, <laughs> dig, 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 dig. I'll be dig, off then. Brain. Yeah, exactly. I'll get my coat. Taxi. Yeah, get my coat. Taxi for king. No, yeah. The, the worst I ever did with that was uh, now I keep my hands to myself just so you know. That, <laughs> I thought that somebody had a hair on their face. Oh no. no, you went to wipe it off. Yeah. Oh, no. Well, I, I went to pull it off and then it went with their skin, their face. <laughs> And so then I was oh, like, man, that's oh, no. no, but there's there's actually a worse part to it, right? Because oh. I said to Mark, and he thought that was hilarious and related that story. He would use it as one of his stories about, uh, like, how funny. And oh, so it carried on. like. Oh. No, he told it to the person. No. Oh, yes. for God's sake. Yes. Yes. Oh, oh no. that's good. I have a good one. Uh, when my sister Keely was very little, mm. she was in the kitchen with my mum and my mum's friend, and she was probably like six years old. So she's she's going up to this woman. She's kind of like looking over one side of her uh, her, and then then going round the other side of her like that. And 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 uh, the woman was like, "What are you? What are you doing? What are you looking at, Keely?" She said, "My mummy said you had two faces." <laughs> That's brilliant. Where do you go from there? So, 
Chesney, as you know, does the music. Neil, oh, yes. when he's not dealing with whatever, the adventures <laughs> he's in Stomachland, right? The Roger Kitters. Yeah. <laughs> Roger Kitters. He does. <laughs> hey, look at that. Look, look at that. Bastards. Touching cloth. He does the keeping everything together, right? But I do story. I do a little bit of story yes. in this. And, right. and what it is, is I found out, I discovered this thing through years of being... I don't know, me, that people <laughs> tell stories or they have stories running in their head that they think everybody can hear, but they, but nobody can. Oh. And oh. Uh, if you ask people to tell you a little story, then you can access it, right? You can hear it. Are you wow. up for a little ex- uh, experiment? I love it. Yeah. I love the thought of this. All right, so what I'm going to do is I've got my timer, right? I've got a wee timer yes. there. Oh, yes. And, uh-huh. and I'm going to ask you to tell me a story, and I'm going to write stuff down, and then after it, I'm going to tell you what I hear. Okay, right. All right. And, and so, and do I get any clue? Do I get any... Well, I'm going to tell you what the story is. Oh, right. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Just going to say, not just any like, old story. No. no. I was going to say, like a Max Bygraves, and there's another one for the kids. <laughs> <laughs> I want to tell you a story. I would like you to tell me the story of your name. Are you ready? Yes. Go. Okay. Uh, I started life. My full name is Derek Ross King, and I never liked Derek. There's a lot of D's in the family. My dad's David. Then there's another David. Then there's a Douglas. And when I was at primary school, I thought I'm going to be called Ross because I'd realised that people like. Paul McCartney, James Paul McCartney. So you could use your middle name. And I sat, and you know when they used to call out the school register? Okay, and then they go, Derek King. And I sat there, and the teacher went, and eventually she came up and she looked down and she went, Derek King. And I said, "Uh, my name's not Derek, my name's Ross. And she basically said, I remember she took like the, the desk and she went, don't be ridiculous. Your name's Derek King. And bang the desk. You know, they put the desk on and then slam it back down again. You go, ah, nearly got my fingers missed. <laughs> and um, so that was it. So that was it. And then I'd always, and a couple of friends had called me Ross. And then when I was in secondary school and I went to hospital radio, which is where I started DJing and things like that, I said uh, I was going to, I wanted to be always known as Ross. And that was it. And that was when my, I suppose it kind of became official. But the weirdest thing is in later life, everyone, my whole family calls me Ross. Um, Although, of course, you'll get somebody who's at school goes, I remember him as Derek. There's a wee bit of that sometimes. (laughs) And then my aunt Maureen refuses to call me Ross. But mum and dad would be really funny. So if you were around at the house, they would say, oh, yeah, Chesney, Ross was telling me that blah, 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 blah. Derek, can you put the kettle on? So, <laughs> <laughs> so there's a little bit of that. But, uh, but no, I don't, there's nobody now that actually calls me Derek. Not that, it's funny, that I'm not ashamed of it at all. But it's funny, Derek, I never really liked the name. And then I also thought of uh, Dirk Bogart is actually Derek Bogart and Dirk is the kind of Gaelic version of Derek. So Dirk, but then Dirking sounds like you're doing something, doesn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Have you been Dirking? (laughs) Probably. There we are. Oh, wow, there we are. I think Neil has been Dirking continually for the last 24 hours. I think he is. I think he still is. Although we can't see him, he's definitely Dirking behind that camera. My underpants are fully dirked. Yes. Is how you see yourself, right? Oh. Yeah, it's how you see yourself. Oh, right. Uh-huh. Um, right. No, it's all lovely. There's mm-hmm. nothing bad in it. 
Right? This is brilliant. This is like having your tea leaves read or it something. It is but kind anyway. of like, <laughs> yeah. except it's not because what it's to do with is if you think of all the words in the world that you can use and all the stories that you've got, and then you're asked to tell a story of about something and this is what you say, mm. then that really is what your perspective is. It's fascinating. Oh, right. Right? Mm-hmm. Anyway, your thing... Is yes. um, from very early on, you just were like, "I'm not staying here. Mm. I'm not meant to be here. I'm not staying here." Um, all these people are lovely, but I'm not one of them, and I like oh. them all and everything, but I can't oh. be here, right? Brilliant. And that uh, the thing that gets you through, which is amazing, <laughs> and I think I knew this anyway, but it's funny, which is you are resilient beyond like you. If you were a wee stick of rock. And they cut you open, there'd be resilient in there, which is you just go, aha, I know, I, I know. I know that you think I'm a prick, that's fine. I'm just getting on with stuff, though, is that okay? <laughs> right, I'm just getting on with right? That's, like, totally your thing oh. of going, uh, you, you are to thine own self be true, actually. Mm. You're like, I mm. know who I am, and I don't mind taking a whole load of shit about it because I know that I can't stay here, I have to be there. I'm that guy. Mm-hmm. And what's lovely about your... Also, you can disagree with this if you think I'm talking rubbish. No, no, it's really interesting. And what's fascinating about it is that your parents uh, acknowledge it. They're like... They almost see it as, like, two different things where they're like, well, he's always going to be our Derek, but mm-hmm. he needs to be uh, this thing that he needs to be. Right? It's a monster. <laughs> well, no, I don't think it's a monster. I think it's a... You had a picture really early on of how things were going to be, and then you followed mm. it. Like, I, I think that if it... Yeah. Um, people would call it a passion, in a way, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. when people go, I'm going to be an artist, or I'm going to be a thing. Your, your one was like, I don't really belong here. I think I need to be somewhere else. And that was it. That's so true. Does that make sense? It's perfect sense. It's, it's like a perfect reading, yeah. Yeah, it's brilliant. No, seriously, it's that is like quite astounding. That's why you can tell I've suddenly gone going to be a bit quiet. Uh, yes. Wow. Well, let's come and do a session, right? We'll do a session. I love session it. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I love that, Lynn. That's brilliant. What's wow. lovely about it, in it as well, is that um, sometimes in people's reads you can see that, or you can hear stuff that is about um, sorrow or. Uh, mm you know, resentment. Mm-hmm. And in yours, yeah. the thing with your mother and your father going, aha, Rose, blah, 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 mm-hmm. Derek, put the kettle on, is this brilliant thing about acceptance. I expect mm. that your parents had to be quite resilient as well, mm. which is, yeah. yes, I know, you know, his name is Derek, but if he <laughs> wants to call himself Ross, what can we do about it, right? <laughs> I, know. I think there was only one time that they said... What's wrong with Derek or something? Yeah. And then, but also, what was lovely because my mum, uh, his maiden name was Ross, so it was ah. always lovely. So we've also with all the family. So when we get all the the clan together, there's the Rosses and the Kings. So it's quite a nice, oh, that's <laughs> lovely, sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's a tribute to both things. Mm-hmm. But I, also, I think it makes sense to me why your mum would say, "Just do your best. That's all that mm. you can do." Because it's about accepting you for who you are, right? Yeah. We go, look, I know. <laughs> I know you're on this Ross thing. Your dad and I aren't really entirely clear what it's about. But if you need to be, you just go yeah. and do your best and we will accept you, whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. You be who you want to be. I guess that's yeah. the acceptance. It's lovely. 
Well, that's all you want from your parents, and I think that's what you have to do for, as a parent. You've got to just kind of, you know, let mm. let your sh- your children decide what they want in life, and and just support them, and and uh, mm. you know, if they have a passion, uh, you know, or, or something that they love, then you you encourage them to go in that direction, right? I mean, yeah. I know that's what I do as yeah. a parent. No, it's so lovely. Um, can I just go back to Chairs when you were talking about childhood and all the rest of it? Just drop a few of the names that dropped by your house. <laughs> I just want to know, like, oh, this is this is Uncle Cliff. Yeah. Well, yeah, that this was is Auntie Scylla. <laughs> yes, that was exactly the kind of names. Well, you know, it, it, my dad's mates were all people that he would be touring with. So, mm-hmm. you know, like he, he, the people that would come regularly were people like um, Jerry Marsden. For instance, mm. was a good mate of my dad's. Mm. Um, all of the searchers, mm-hmm. <laughs> all of Dave D, Dozy, Beaky, Mick, and Titch would Titch. all. Be, oh. oh yeah, yeah, they'd all be Uncle Dave, Uncle Dozy, you know. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> I mean, gosh, the Marmalade, uh, wow. Herman's Hermits, uh, oh, uh, um, Peter Nooney. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, all of those kind of like, any kind of a '60s band of the time, British '60s band at the time, yeah. they would have called by, but they. Also knew like that they'd hang out with like Radio One DJs like like Mike Reed and Paul, uh, Paul <laughs> Burnett you know people like that <laughs> were always around. So yeah, that's brilliant. And, but, and, cause it, have you talked about how your mum was the, the the on the golden shot? Not on the podcast. I haven't no. Yeah. Oh, did you know? Yeah. There we are, dear listener. The Golden <laughs> Shot, a great show. Yeah, it was a huge show in the UK. Just in case our listener is from, from America Mongolia or something, or, po- or Portugal <laughs> or something like that. Do you know what I mean? It was a huge show in the seventies, uh, maybe. Yeah, yeah, 70s, yeah seven late, se- uh, yeah, mid to to late seventies. She was one of the golden girls on the Golden Shot. With Bob Monkhouse was the yeah. was the presenter, and she speaks incredibly highly of Bob. Um, I guess he's another one that we'd, you know, call by the house. But, uh, you know, she she, <laughs> she, she still uh, has a lot of love for, for Bob Monkhouse and he well, said he was a really lovely do. guy and and also just, you know, one of the funniest men that ever. Oh, I mean, you, you know. he, he was brilliant. Bob Monkhouse wrote material for me to do stand-up. Like, oh, did wow. he really? Unbelievable. And I've got, the, I've got it upstairs and the envelope that he sent with his staff. Oh, gosh, and he Because Bob was a, an amazing <laughs> artist, you probably know that. Brilliant cartoonist, and on the that. and on the 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 envelope is like a picture of me, and then a little oh. like a self portrait of him, and then and it's we we Bobby Monkhouse because he he worked with people <laughs> like um, Jack Moroy and Mary Lee, yeah, who were yeah. Scottish showbiz legends, yeah. and they would call him We Bobby Monkhouse. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's so good. lovely. <laughs> Jack Moroy was he was a comedian, wasn't he? He was oh, great. He was indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Francie and Josie. Ah, See, I wondered if you're able to... The reason you're so good at dealing with people who have sort of a big public persona is because they've... Like, what you see in them is their inner Derek, right? (laughs) (laughs) I think you go, all right, well, you know, I know everybody knows you as Ross, but this is like, come on, me and you, we're talking about your inner Derek, right? Inner inner Del Boy. Yeah, because what you do get from people is you get the the core of where they come from, of who they are. It's it's fascinating to watch what you do. Um, oh. You are like your mother in that sense of going, hello, Charlie. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. So we have a little segment here on our lovely podcast where we ask our guests to provide us with uh, a song that uh, has some kind of emotional connection. 
uh, something mm. you know could be happy or sad, mm-hmm. uh, or takes them back or whatever. Um, so, oh. so you gave me a few. Um, yes. And I I went for uh, daydream believer. Oh, ah. yes. which I thought was very you, actually, Ross. It really? Uh, is? Yes, very much a daydream oh, believer. I have to say, I went down the uh, the monkey's rabbit hole with that one as well. <laughs> it, it was is the video is so amazing. Anyone that hasn't seen the video for daydream believer or hasn't seen it for a while, just go look at it on YouTube. It is fantastic. It's worth it just uh, for David Jones's dance moves. Oh, really? Absolutely. And and he's it, because he he always said that Justin Bieber stole. You know when he did the yeah. If people <laughs> We could see what we're doing at the moment. Oh, no, but Justin Bieber stole that move oh, a so couple of bits. That's so funny because I, I was on the plane last week and I went down the monkey's rabbit hole. I think there's a TV show called Down the YouTube Rabbit Hole. Yeah. Oh, and I went into all right. these things and I went back and then I would find, and then we when they had a comeback tour as well, yeah. when they brought out a song, that was then, this is now, and, and then I'm figuring out who fell out with who and all the rest of it. And then <laughs> there was an 80s thing and Davy Jones looked even better than he did you know, the, yeah. when they started out in the 60s. It's just a, a fascinating story, yeah. Yeah, fantastic. I, I just, you can tell, uh, to me, the video to that record, I mean, when did that come out? 67, 68, something, something like, like that? Something like that, yeah. I mean, yeah. it could have been made now, you know. It's just, yeah. it's just four young guys mucking about, having fun, you know, punching each other in the arm, you know what I mean? Just trying to crack each other up. Uh, and yeah. it just, I mean, I know the sets were very 60s and everything, but, like, it could have been made now, couldn't it? It was just... Yeah. And what a, what a song, what a record, amazing. Mm. So uh, I take that song that mm-hmm. means something to you and uh, I recreate it, uh, an acoustic version for our oh, guests in the studio. So, so Ross King... Just for you, this is my version of Daydream Believer. Oh, I could hide neath the wings of the bluebird as she sings. The six o'clock alarm would never ring, but it rings and I rise, wipe the sleep out of my eyes. My shaving razor's cold and it stings Tear up sleepy jeans Oh, what can it mean To a daydream believer And a homecoming queen You once thought of me As a white knight on his steed Now you know how happy I can be Whoa, how good times start and end Without dollar one to spend But how much, baby, do we really need? Cheer up, sleepy jeans Queen 
coming queen Cheer up sleepy Jean Oh what can it mean To a daydream believer And a homecoming queen Wow Chase that that is just perfect for your voice isn't it well, I was, you beautiful. know, a, and your voice is perfect for that song. Just beautiful. It's one of those songs that you know. It's, it's. I felt like it. It wasn't written. It just was. It just, it just. Oh. You know what I mean? It's one of those songs that just is part of culture. It's like a. Yeah. You know, it's like listening to like Beatles songs. You know, it's just they. they, yeah. they weren't written. They were just breathed into life. Oh, that's Aww. a beautiful way to put it. And when I when I hear you sing it like that, I realise how I butcher it when I do it in my act. <laughs> Oh, I want I want to ask you one thing uh, yeah. because you, you're a fabulous songwriter as well. Well, thank you. Sir. In the, the when you were in that song, I think I've been singing the wrong lyrics because because our good time started then. Uh, I thought it was good time started then without dollar one to spend, and you sang, and our good times start and end start and start and end, yes. which I think is nicer. So maybe yeah. you're right, and I've been wrong. Oh. And I always think it's really fun. There's some some songs that everyone sings the wrong lyrics to. Oh, yes. so true. And my my, my favourite. See, I'm gonna. Here's a little test for you. Right, Barbara Streisand song. Mm-hmm. Right, memories. What's the next line? Like the like corners, the corners, of, corners my of my mind. mind. Yeah, exactly. No, the actual lyric is memory, and it's so beautiful. Memories light the oh, corners no of my mind. Way. No, oh, that's light. so much better. And it's just not beautiful. Yeah. Memories light. Oh, that's so beautiful. That just made mind. that whole song for yeah. me. There are, doesn't it? And so you think poor Marvin Hamlish, everyone is like, <laughs> yes. Memories like the corners, corners of my mind. <laughs> and it's so weird. And it, you yeah. know, I, I was talking to someone, Ches knows this well. I am fascinated by songwriters. I have such a yeah. huge admiration for them and I, I want to find out, you know, songs that they've written, why. And then you take someone like Barry Manlow, who obviously is not only a brilliant songwriter, but also just the most incredible man for production. Yeah, arrangements. Um, arrange, arrangements. Uh, yeah. Just uh, uh, amazing stuff. Um, but he would take songs, obviously like Mandy, which he mm. didn't write, which was originally called Brandy. Yes, for a dog. And, yeah, and then no. so suddenly to that, and then a, a brilliant Gerard Kenny song. I made it through. Gerard mm. Kenny song was I made it through the pain, <gasps> and Barry changed it to I made it through the, the rain. rain. Yeah. And it's funny wow. you think, but you would think from a songwriting point of view, pain so much more emo- emotive. But then you think I made it through the rain. It's suddenly yeah. more romantic yeah, and poetic. Yeah, picturesque. Yeah. Exactly. It's exactly. Mm. So that's why I just. Yeah, no, it's interesting. Yeah, it's it's very. Interesting. Have you ever seen the uh, Peter K um, stand up where he does the, the he does a whole bit on getting words wrong? Yes, in <laughs> songs, <laughs> in popular songs. But I won't go into no. it because we never do it justice. But listener, no. if you have five yeah. minutes, you've yeah. got to you've got two YouTube things to look at: the monkeys, and you've got to go check out Peter K getting the words <laughs> yeah. wrong in popular That's songs. Yeah. Charlie, Charlie, my 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 first wife used to. Th- Think that hot chocolate sang, I believe in mirror balls. <laughs> I believe in mirror balls. Well, mirror if balls. She, yeah, if she's a wedding planner, she probably ah, does. Right? There we are. There we are. <laughs> hey, I've got a question for you. This is my last question for you. Well, I say it's my last question, but it may not. We'll be. see. Yeah. 
because you know how chatty <laughs> I am. I start a question, then I've got another one, and then I don't know what to do. Um, what would you say to somebody who was a Derek living in a Ross's body <laughs> right now? Um, what advice would you give them? I always think it's one word, which is tenacious. Mm. You know, tenacity, tenacious, just be tenacious. And I think that, that you know, probably the same for you, Lynn, as well, where, where we came from uh, in Scotland, there's, there is, we've often talked about these things, which is the tall poppy syndrome, and it's only Britain and Australia, I think, that have the tall poppy syndrome, which build people up and chop them down. But I think we've got a certain tenacity and yeah. I think it's there and I think it's in most people and I don't know whether or not it's just because of where we where we came from and maybe that gets a wee bit too sort of parochial you know who's like is and all that sort of mm -hmm. stuff but there definitely is something that we've I think it's within most people and I don't think everyone knows that it's there and sometimes yeah. it needs to be kind of like you know like someone needs to reach down your throat and pull it out of you and go come on yeah. you can do it and yeah. that's it it's there and, and don't be don't be ashamed of it and don't you know Go for it, really go for it. And I think yeah. that's one thing, you know, that, you know, again, because we're all fortunate enough to, to, to live here in America, is that America's definitely got that can-do attitude mm. and that absolutely go for it, as opposed to, you know, sometimes where we came from, you get the, oh, don't be stupid. What do you mean you're going to write? <laughs> stupid boy. <laughs> you know? <laughs> what do you mean you're going to call yourself Ross? Don't be stupid. <laughs> Do you know, earlier when I talked about, when I said that, that, that you're incredibly kind, uh -huh. that actually is what I mean. Because that's how every... You can tell when someone's new to LA and at these parties because you'll always find them mm. with you. And you go, yeah, so, and you go, so come true. on, so you true. can do it, you can yeah. do it. Like, because that's one of the things Chesney and I talked about, about you, that we both have in common with you, which is the amount of encouragement that you have oh. given us mm -hmm. since we arrived is oh. kind of extraordinary. Yeah, but right. that's and, and that's it's like literally you go to parties and you're like, oh, that'll be somebody new and the new person <laughs> the new person will go, oh, oh I'm keeping up going like that, that's the Ross King. And you're like, oh and, right, like, and then you're all like uh, oh come on, oh, it's fine and you know, they're an arsehole, don't let them bother they're you. All keep moving. Have... Yeah. Exactly. Come and have a cup of tea, discuss. <laughs> I think that's great advice. Yeah. Ross oh, King, you have been adorable oh, as a guest. But you. as we knew you would be, can oh, I just tell you, you were predictably adorable. <laughs> well, you throw your pants at me. I love, I love it when I hear the highlights of these shows and it's like, I'm going to throw my pants at you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks anyway, so much, Ross. Thank you, Ross. Thank you, everyone. Uh, Neil, good luck with the cork. <laughs> The thing with Ross King is I feel like I could talk to him forever. It's one of the things that I... I mean, I do hugely respect him, hugely. Yeah. Um, uh, and especially with that resilience thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I can relate to that resilience thing, and I can see it in him as well. But he's also incredibly brave. He's like, he's got no inhibitions, and, you know, that that is an, an amazing quality. You know, he, yeah. he'd never done stand-up, and he went he went and just did... Uh, a set at the uh, Laugh Factory down in on the Sunset. Wow! He just did, he didn't tell anyone. He just he's just yeah. not any of his friends. He just went and did it. You know. Yeah. And I, I I love that side to him. You know. He's and that's where that tenacity comes in, isn't it? I mean, he yeah, obviously totally. uh, he just goes. I for think it. he's got a thing in him which is that uh, life is no rehearsal. 
It's mm-hmm. like this is what it yeah, is. Yeah, you've got to go and for so it. And so he yeah. just does it. One of the things I love about him is that if he's a guy that you have a conversation with, and then you can pick up the conversation with exactly oh, yeah. the same tone totally. and the same way, like yeah. after months or even years. Yeah, I, like, I haven't is, seen yeah. him for pre. Yeah. I haven't seen him since before the pandemic. Oh, and then wow. I'm like, oh. Hey. <laughs> I know. Yeah, he's definitely one of those guys. But he's also incredibly good company, isn't he? Yeah, you know, he's, he really he's is. A, he's a funny guy, always makes you laugh. He's always got great jokes and, and, and great anecdotes and obviously, yeah. you know, interesting people that he, he he's known over the years. And, and his life is, uh, you know, it's, it, it's quite something when you look back on it. It's, yeah. uh, you know, he's done a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I think this episode, if it was to have a title, the title would be Just Do Your Best. That's all that you can do. Do you think that's what it is? Or Tenacity. Tenacity, Tena- I was going to say. Maybe, tenacity yeah. Derek, maybe. <laughs> Derek's Tenacity. <laughs> <laughs> or you could do it like the Tenacity of Derek, which would make it sound like it was one of those... Uh, kind of romantic novels written by that yes. woman that did all the Twilights, right? Oh, <laughs> right. the tenacity of Derek. Derek. <laughs> yeah, he's like a lovable vampire who's trying to fight off an evil werewolf in order to... <laughs> and there's a love story in there, I know it. Yeah, right? Yeah, with Lynn and Chesney, who are his, uh, his team of happy vampires. Right? <laughs> oh, jeez, I love it. Well, that was a great episode. I enjoyed it. Did you, I'm yeah. sure you did. Yeah, I did. And I hope you did. Well, Neil may not have enjoyed it very much. Neil, how did, did you enjoy that episode? Did you enjoy it? It was lovely to sit back and just listen to you be fabulous. So ah, I you sat it back. Very much. Like you were sitting back anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, you can go back to bed now. It's all yeah, done. It's all you done. Go. Some rest and some fluids. Back into a dark room. Yeah. Anyway, listener, we very much hope that you've enjoyed it, whether you've got a rocky bottom or not. <laughs> <laughs> um, so until uh, next time, I've been Ferguson. I've been very unwell. <laughs> and I've been Hawks. See you next time. Bye, guys. Bye. You've been listening to Ferguson Harrington Hawks with Lynn Ferguson, Neil Harrington and Chesney Hawks. Written and produced for Source Productions by, surprise, surprise, Lynn Ferguson, Neil Harrington and Chesney Hawks. Hawks.